magical place we could go. So close your eyes and make a wish for the skies with the angriest, flappiest birds and the seas with ridiculous fish. The Dutch Arcade Show is here again. Hey guys, what is up and welcome to the Tetra Kate Show, episode number 535. Uh, we were on a brief mini hiatus. We missed the last two weeks. Fourth um, of July stuff. For various reasons. And people staying with us. We Eli had guests last week and then the week before just turned into one of those days where it didn't work out, which to be honest, that could be every every Friday. It barely works out <laughs> <laughs> find time to do a podcast but um so apologies for that we missed you guys hopefully you missed us um and uh yeah i don't know i think I so the, the it, entire man. time that we haven't been recording my steam deck has been in the rma process yeah that's a bummer um well you got a tracking number on its way it's on its way back right yeah but the the whole um I actually, I haven't, I haven't refreshed it in the last hour. So what? Can, uh, what? How are you not constantly refreshing that? I've been trying to get something else done. That's not look at the FedEx screen. So, yep. Still yeah. in transit from Carroll Stream, Illinois is the last scan. Left FedEx origin facility. 536 okay. a.m. this morning. It claims that it's going to be here tomorrow. I find that to be hard to believe, but uh-huh. we'll see. I got to say the um, the valve support. Um, I don't know. They're probably just totally overwhelmed. So I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. I guess. But like, mm-hmm. it's been mm-hmm. very frustrating because like, I, you know, so when we first talked about this, it was like my, um, uh, my fan was like basically like self-destructing. Right. And, yeah. Um, it didn't sound good at all. Yeah. It didn't sound good. I took it apart and didn't see like anything super obvious. And, you know, I kind of explored mm-hmm. the idea of, um, like getting a replacement fan for my fix and putting it myself. They were out of stock. So that was kind of like off the table. The problem was like everyone fucking bought into this whole, like, Oh, there's a good fan and a bad fan thing. So like all these people that had perfectly fine fans were like, Oh, I'm going to buy the fan for my fix. (laughs) Replace it. Just because. Yeah. It's like, they're both fine. (laughs) Shut up. Um, anyway, so, um, was really the, the source of the frustration started at the beginning of the RMA process where I was like, like I've been reading that I've been reading this takes about a month to go back and forth, um, mm-hmm. which is turning out to be pretty much true about a month turnaround. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, I am more than happy to pay you guys for a new one to cross ship or whatever else. Cause I right. play this thing every day, man. I like it. You know, like yeah, I, know. I don't want to be without it for a month. They're like, Oh, sorry, we can't do that. I was like, all right, yeah. fine, whatever. Um, so I, I shipped it to him. They got it, you know, basically, uh, I don't remember if it was the next day or the day after. And then I just like sat, you know, no, mm-hmm, no mm-hmm. updates on my steam account. Like mm-hmm. all these people on the, the steam deck subreddit were like, Oh, if you go into like your account, uh, history and you click on like the order status of your original steam deck order, like it'll show the RMA process in there. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. although it did, so eventually I was just, I contacted support again after, you know, it's after weeks. And I was like, Hey, um, what, what's going on with this thing? Like, I wish I could have just cross shipped this with you guys. Like, I, you know, <laughs> exactly what I was afraid was going to happen has happened. 
Um, and they were like, well, I, I don't know what it said. It was like, could be like five to 10 business days before, yeah. f- before we ship it out. And I was like, okay, well, it's been, it's been nine. So yeah, I guess that's not 10. So yeah, what are you worried I, about? I guess, uh, <laughs> talk to you tomorrow. And then, yeah, yeah sure enough, like at yeah. the 10 business days thing clicked over, I responded again. I was like, Hey, it's been 10 business days. There's been no, nothing. And they're mm-hmm. like, Oh, sorry. We'll dispatch a shipment right now. And I was like, okay, well, if you guys like, like you had that ability this whole time, yeah, if you had that ability this whole time, like it seems really stupid. Um, but uh, so yeah. So no. did you take note of your serial number and stuff like that? Like you're getting, are you going to make sure you got your unit back? I don't think you get your unit back. I think you get from, a different one from the sounds of it. It was just like it didn't. The way that they word all the RMA stuff is not that they're repairing yours; it's that they're verifying mm. what you sent them to send yeah. something back. I'm. And also, I think these things are new enough that I would be surprised if there's like, um, you know, like like refurbed units would probably just send me a new one because it's coming mm-hmm. directly from like their the same place that um, the original one came from, you know. So do they did they have you ship everything back, the case and everything? And yeah, you ship it, you ship it in the junk. case. Well, I didn't have the original box anymore. You ship it, you ship it in the mm-hmm. case with the charger and like and all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I kept the cleaning cloth, so hopefully they don't come <gasps> in that. But, um, I didn't. That's I, why it took so long. I didn't keep it on purpose. I found it when I was cleaning my desk. I was like, oh, yeah, this thing came with the cleaning cloth. <laughs> um, but yeah, so hopefully you'll get it. It's a tracking info says tomorrow, mm-hmm. so we'll see. I'm yeah. real fucking jazz to get this thing back. I really missed playing on it and bought a bunch of stuff yeah. in the Steam Summer Sale. I like, haven't uh, even right. had a chance yeah. to play yet, so... You know, luckily, so mine came to me, whatever it was, a few weeks ago, maybe our last show or something. And uh, it um, was right in the midst of the Steam Summer Sale. And I sort of got preoccupied with dicking around with setting it up and stuff and didn't really indulge in too many of the sale things. And so I think I bought like a few games because how can you not? Some that were like crazy, like this is 95% off. Yeah, that's that's what I did. I was like, (laughs) I, I set a... A budget for myself is like I'm gonna spend a hundred dollars on the Steam sale, yeah. and I want to get as many games as I possibly can for the hundred dollars that yeah. I want to play. You know, so like yeah. I skipped all the sales that were like, oh, this one's fifteen percent off or whatever. I specifically yeah. went for the shit that was like ninety yeah. percent or more because I, I think I like the new Sniper Elite game for like five bucks and yeah, other stuff like. Well, that. Well, it's like so, at, at that point, it's like it could the only way it could be cheaper is if it goes free which right. you know, yeah, probably won't so that was that was exactly my thinking i was like man i'm yeah. I'm, I'm over because i feel like we both do this all the time where it's like oh shit this game i want to play is 10 percent off yeah you buy it and then you don't get around to playing it and the next time you remember it's because it's on like 50 percent off mega sale on like humble or something yeah. like that and you're like oh god damn um, that's what i try to avoid so yeah i tried um, i tried to but only, i will say like I'll, I'll, I'll let me pull up what i bought actually okay I uh I actually indulged in um the gg.deals. Oh, uh, since, yeah, so did I. During the summer sale, I actually was like seeing what was on sale through Steam directly, but then I hopped over to there. And like a lot of times it's like the same games are on sale, but through the third-party sites it's usually even like a buck or two. I mean, if you're buying 10 games, even if it's like a dollar cheaper, uh that adds up. And yeah. so I ended up buying uh stuff through all the third-party sites and it's kind of funny. Because there's so many of them I didn't realize that existed. And a lot of them, I think you were mentioning this before, like feel a little sketchy where you're mm-hmm. like, 
is this site okay or whatever? Yeah, this, this um, is a real thing. And I had to yeah. sign up for like four or five different ones that I'd never heard of before. Um, but everything worked out fine. I got all the right keys. They all seemed legit. Well, so um, so here's know, what I got whatever. on the Steam sale. So I got so this is a hundred and five dollars with tax. So I, I went a little bit over because of tax, but you know, okay. Uh, so I got Loop Hero. Heard it's really good. Haven't played it yet. Mm-hmm. Terraria. I just got because it was on Mega Sale, and I was like, this is something I want on my Steam Deck. Yeah, uh, yeah. Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe. That wasn't mm-hmm. on Mega Sale, but like I really like the first one. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this this like remake is supposed to be a little better, so whatever. So Stardew Valley, same deal as Terraria. It's a, a bona fide yeah, good right. game. I just wanted my Steam Deck. Sniper Elite Four. I got for five bucks. Um, and then the Elder Scrolls um, Skyrim Anniversary Edition, which I know is kind of stupid, but it was like. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, it was like I had some of the DLC for Skyrim, but not all of it. And I own Skyrim, and it was like you could upgrade mm-hmm. to this one for uh, complete the bundle or whatever for like yeah. no money. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'll, I'll probably fuck around with that for a little while. I don't know. Right, and Streets right. of Rage 4 plus the DLC. I'm excited to play that. Yeah. Because uh, I like the Turtles game, and everyone was like, oh man, if you like Turtles, you're going to love Streets of Rage 4. Yeah. Um, don't Starve Together and the the mm-hmm. DLC. Heard that was good. Uh, like Don't Starve Co-op, you know, kind of like a survival sort of thing. Uh, I think yeah. it's on mobile. Yeah, yeah. I think Don't Starve is on mobile, too. Uh, together is, too, if I remember oh, right. Oh, is it? Well, and so I, I, think, I so. think I got some, like, super bundle with, like, all the Don't Starve yeah. stuff with, like, all the DLC yeah. and shit. And then Pony Island and The Hex, which are the other games from the guy that made um, Inscription. Mm. Yeah. So that's a uh, hundred bucks altogether. She's pretty good. A lot of, a lot of games. A lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Um, yeah. I used it. I actually picked up a lot of things that I had just like owned on switch already and yeah. just kind of wanted to have on steam. Um, and then a few things like metal gear rising. Have you ever played that? Mm-mm. Heard it's good. That's like the game. Yeah. It's like the um, team ninja metal gear or whatever. That's like a hack and slash game or whatever. Um and so, yeah, it's supposed to run good on the deck, and I like games like that. I've been meaning to like play through all the Metal, Metal Gears someday, um, replay, I guess. But uh, I don't know if I'll ever get around to actually doing that or not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of a lot of rebuying games that I already own on the <laughs> Switch, which feels a little stupid, but also feels like I don't know. I'm probably not going to buy stuff on Switch ever again that's not like a first party Nintendo game. So, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at now. And like, what's actually kind of interesting is ever since I got like, so uh, my partner Lindsay is a, a Switch, a Switch gamer, I would, I would yeah. describe her as formerly you know. graduated from being a 3DS kid. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, started on Heyday on the phone. She never played games before med- meeting me. We got yeah. really into Heyday on the phone, then transitioned to okay. Animal Crossing on the 3DS. And yeah. then got into the switch. Um, yeah. And what she's actually, um, we got a pre-order in for her now on the steam deck because I was like, oh. cause I've playing all these games on my steam deck. She's like, Oh, those look so cool. Can I get it? And I was like, yeah. um, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, I think this is on switch. And then like, yeah. you'll look at like some random game that I just bought on steam for three bucks or whatever. And it'll be like $40 on the switch. And I was like, damn, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like buying you the like low end steam deck, I yeah. feel like is, if you're interested in playing this stuff is going to be kind of a cost savings exercise after yeah, really not a lot of buying some of these games, which is really kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so 
I don't know where. I well, that's one of the frustrating that. things too. I think we both were passing around the New York Times um, Steam Deck review, and uh, it was just kind of like, I mean, it's not like it didn't make some good points about the negatives. I mean, it, was, it focused a lot on the negatives of the Steam Deck without really looking at a lot of the positives. And then I feel like so many people compare it directly to the Switch, which is understandable because they're both these handheld systems and they're similar in a lot of ways, but also they're totally not similar where it's like, oh, 200 bucks, you can get a Switch and this thing costs four or six or whatever. But then, yeah, you have to rebuy every game. Like a lot of people already own a lot of PC games that'll out of the box run on a Steam Deck. You know what I mean? So if you start adding in the cost of buying Switch the switch versions of a lot of stuff the cost really goes up a lot and it doesn't yeah. take very many games for it to equal out what a steam deck would cost um, and then there's the whole thing of like games you don't own at all go on sale so often um on steam which i guess there's a lot of sales on the switch eShop too but they're definitely not as uh severe as this the steam sales yeah it's 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 really um it's ne- not even anywhere near close you know it's like yeah, a Steam sale be like ninety five percent off, and like a Switch sale be like, yeah. oh, this game went from forty five dollars to forty two dollars or whatever. You know? <laughs> yeah, <right>. yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, it does. It, it does grind my gears a little bit though. That I was. I mean, I love the Switch. I still do. But like, um, man, did I really fall for so many sales temptations over the mm-hmm. years? And I've built up such a huge Switch library that now I look at it as like. There's so many games I'll never play through on the Switch that I already bought that I thought would I would play someday, but now I'm like I'll play them on the Steam Deck or the future Steam Deck or a PC or yeah. you know I feel like the the Steam library going with you system to system is so much nicer. Oh, and the, Switch the, the cloud you, saving works so good. Like it's yeah, I don't know. It's it's crazy. Like because I I I don't know. I've been talking to friends about this a lot. Like because you know, particularly now that they've been increasing their. Um, the amount of Steam decks they're shipping each week, more and more people I know are getting them. And it's just mm-hmm. like, I I, I, mm-hmm. I, mean, I bet if you went back and listened to this podcast, like it probably would have predicted like, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll probably be really janky and like, you know, but I'm sure you can play mm-hmm. some stuff on it. It'll be cool and stuff. And it's just like wild how the, the thing has, seems like it has exceeded like everyone's expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's constantly impressing me, but um. And the, the, the crazy thing is to think about like, okay, this is their first try at this sort of thing. The Steam Deck 2 or 3 or whatever uh, will just keep getting better, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah. Love the Steam Deck. Love the MiU Mini. You've been playing that at all? Uh, I've been playing through Advance Wars on it. Yeah. It's really good. So I was surprised even after I got my Steam Deck how much I was reaching for the Mini um, just because it's so easy and quick and small. And so... I've been I feel keeping like, um, either like the the Playdate or the Miu Mini like in one of my pockets. Yeah. Like yeah. when I go out and yeah. stuff. Yeah. If I just want to dick around on a game, it's like, you know, the Steam Deck feels like a little too much effort sometimes if I just want to pop in. Well, I, I can't imagine but... like taking the Steam Deck like with me somewhere unless I was like packing right. for a trip, you know, no. because like yeah. even though the case it comes with is like a dumb little briefcase thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I just, I don't know if you saw this, there's a new version of Onion out. And I, I don't oh, know really? if you messed with it at all. I have not. Um, there's actually a really good video. Let me see if I can find that guy's name. I think it's... I, um, um, I, it's, it's funny how many people I'm inadvertently getting into buying these stupid little dude, they're, emulator They're devices. an easy sell. They're so cool looking. They're not that expensive. Yeah. Um, so if you go, uh, here's a call out to a good MiU Mini YouTuber. 
uh, Retro Breeze is the channel's name. Breeze like um, uh, like a breezy day, like a breezy day. Retro okay. Breeze, and um, he put together a, a tutorial on how to upgrade to the new version. Okay. And he actually does it in a really smart way, where you actually fresh install the newest version instead of using their update system or whatever. But um, and you back up your game saves and all. The, he shows you how to back up all the folders you want to keep. Um, but anyway, uh, the new, um, let's see if there's, I haven't got around to, uh, actually doing this yet. No, I'll do this um, afternoon though. If it's, uh, if it's cool. Yeah. So there are some cool new, um, features though in this is that, um, there's a low battery warning where the, the edge of the screen actually will turn red when oh, you have low cool. battery. So, you know, um, and then the biggest thing for me is that there's now like a, a light sleep mode. So if you just tap the power button, it just turns off and goes straight to sleep. Well, it had a you... light sleep mode before, but it was like a wacky button combination. So now the... Yeah, right, hold menu and power. It's not like I never used it. I always yeah. just held down power to where it would save. It would say it's saving your game and whatever. And even that process is not that long. Um, and it's nice that you're always ensuring that you, you've saved the game or whatever. Yeah. But, um, you know, sometimes you just want to click it off for a minute, like your phone. Um, and then come back to it pretty quickly. And so now this light sleep mode is, is sounds like that. Um, and then it looks like you can do, uh, you can actually pull up the game switcher menu with just a button tap, which sounds um, kind of handy if you want to bounce back and forth between things. And um, a few other nice things. Um, you can adjust brightness from within games. And um, they added a bunch of ports which I didn't, I did this a little bit with the RG351, um, messing around with some of the PC game ports that people mm. figured out how to get running on it. Like I had Shovel Knight and um, a couple others. It's kind of like not worth the amount of time it took fiddling, but it was kind of cool that it has that much support. And so um, they've added a bunch of ports support to this newest version, which is like games like Quake and stuff, which that's cool, I guess. But um, yeah, something to mess around with if you need even more games on this. You know, you know what I think is the the best feature um, of the uh, Onion mm, firmware is the uh, the guest yeah. mode stuff because it's like, I mm. you know, it, I, people always want to see these things. It's like, oh wow, what do you got there? Mm -hmm. that's, that's cool, you know, and yeah. and you can just like flip it over to guest mode, and then all of a sudden it's just like, okay, you're not fucking with any of my saves or save states or settings or. Oh, I didn't even know about guest mode. Where yeah. is that at? It's um in settings or something. Yeah, it's in the it's in the settings somewhere. Um, I don't remember. Let me That's good. There's something similar on um, emulation station. I think it's called kid mode. Mm. You basically click it on and then hand it to a kid, and they won't mess up any of your stuff. But uh, that's good to know. But anyway, yeah, I need I need to do this update and actually check it out myself. But I have not got around to it yet. But uh, just letting uh, anybody know. Um, that's uh, into these things like we are and uh, didn't hear about this update yet to uh, the thing. So uh, this actually brings up another, we got an email from our, after our last show two weeks ago, <laughs> um, talking about these retro devices. And it's actually a, a repeat emailer uh, named David, who he's actually, um, he's the one that emailed us and was like, Hey, Netflix games actually does advertise netflix games inside the netflix app he's the one that let us know that um so he actually emailed us back again and said uh hey guys thanks for all you're talking about the retro handhelds i became interested too and i bought a retroid pocket 2 plus and it's okay. great 
plays everything up to Dreamcast flawlessly and can even do GameCube, but that requires optimizing settings for each game. I also agree with Eli, though, that hunting the ROMs and setting it up is probably longer than I play most games. Uh, now that we have these devices, I wonder if Eli still plays with his analog pocket. Uh, thanks again for the podcast and talking about all sorts of portable gaming, including these retro devices. So yeah, so that's I from actually, David. Thanks for emailing. That reminds me to uh, look and see if there's been any updates on the analog pocket front, because like it was You're just, just waiting like, for like a jailbreak situation basically or like some kind of like firmware update or whatever because it's just like mm-hmm. um uh yeah there's just like nothing still going on with these like it's just not yeah no firmware updates or anything like that just like people complaining about like random issues and yeah. uh, my advice is to just throw it in the garbage well, I mean, I don't know. It might be cool one day. I mean, the screen on it is amazing. Yeah. You know, so like, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that's fine, I guess. Yeah. It's, I mean, if you're not like hard up for cash or something, it's probably worth hanging on to. It'll probably become that thing someday. But I think what we talked about before that they are kind of trying to become a more legit company instead of like, uh, hey, our things run all the ROMs um, is probably preventing them from releasing some sort of like op- more open software for it. Or yeah, whatever. honestly, I kind of think like I think that they've shipped enough of them and there's been so long without them saying anything that it's like the value of these things on eBay has like really just kind of gone in the shitter. Um, oh, really? Hmm. Well, I mean, you can it's not like before where it was like, oh, shit, you make, you double your money selling one of these things. Like, yeah. oh, you hang on to it. Yeah. Now it's like, well. I don't know. They're so hard to get that. Like, I feel like I would sell mine. And then like three days later, I'd be like, oh, cool. The firmware's out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, totally. But no, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, it's, I will see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, man, I love these retro handheld devices. I'm glad we got into them too. It's funny thinking back to a couple months ago or whatever, when we were both like, Oh, have you seen this Miu Mini thing everyone's talking about? And I was like, yeah, but I don't need another thing. <laughs> and then we both immediately ordered them. And yeah. now it's become become a hot thing with us. Um, anywho, yeah. Uh, where do we go from here? I, um, well, I've, I've fallen down the Magic Arena rabbit hole. Oh, finally. okay, yeah. Um, so it's kind of, kind of interesting um, seeing what's happened with Magic the Gathering. So I, I used to, I mean five plus years ago now i was like extremely hardcore paper magic player like i played I remember at, at least every at least once a week sometimes multiple tournaments like you know something mm-hmm. like a friday or sunday or a friday or saturday or whatever else i was very right. hardcore about it and then i don't know just kind of i think we were like busy with work or something a new set came out and i like you know fell behind a little bit then just kind of like you know i was like yeah. oh man like i don't I just i'm out of the out of the meta now and all this yeah. stuff. And then that just kind of snowballed into me just not playing for years. And then COVID happened yeah. and, um, yeah. and all that. Right. So I, uh, I, I learned, a actually through the analog pocket, I learned, mm-hmm. uh, and looking for cartridges locally learned about a bunch of different like game stores in my area, because like, yeah. um, you know, there's we had just have a weird amount of just like generic, like nerd stores, basically like places that hmm. sell like Retro video games, comics, Warhammer stuff, yeah. collectible card game right. stuff, like all that stuff in like one place. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as I was um, kind of like just wandering around looking for Game Boy games to buy, 
I stumbled across this place that was doing this like huge magic tournament. And I was like, Oh damn, like uh-huh. this might be, this might be the sign that I needed to get back into this. Right. Yeah. Um, so I've been emailing with them a little bit and, um, paper magic's in a real weird spot now because like everyone kind of like quit buying cards during COVID. Mm-hmm. So like you used to have this, um, this format called standard, which was like basically the, uh, they would like do it in rotating blocks more or less where there'd be like four sets of cards. And like, that's what you can make your decks out of. Right. But because mm-hmm. like everyone quit buying cards, like standard doesn't really exist anymore. And mm-hmm. so you just have like these other wacky formats that are, I don't know, just like not really what I'm into. And mm-hmm. like, I was just given the advice by the guy that I was talking to. I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. I just like really like playing standard. Like I don't want to get into like uh, all these other crazy things that people are doing. And he's like, well, you yeah. should just play magic arena then. Cause that's where everyone plays standard now. And huh. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like mad, like the free to play mobile game. And he's like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, well I'll give it a go, I guess. <laughs> Um, yeah, cause I played it when it was new and it was like, it was fine, you know, but right. like, I, yeah. I think at the time it was like, I have this huge paper magic collection. I'm playing paper magic this. Yeah. I don't want to work on rebuilding like my collection yeah. on this free to play game that also, yeah. you know, consider it was like, uh, Wizards of the Coast, uh, didn't have like the best track record when it came to like supporting and maintaining these different digital magic games too. Mm-hmm. Other than like mm-hmm. Magic Online, which has been just going forever, but um, you know, because there was what like the I don't remember what, like, before Magic Arena, there was like another Magic game. There was Duels of the Planeswalkers, but there was something that came out in between those that was like that tried to be mm. an online free to play like multiplayer Magic game that was like a really weird uh, like mm-hmm. half Magic that they like tried to like Hearthstoneize mm. Magic and that uh, yeah I don't remember what it was called, but it was I, I don't mm-hmm. know not great i know i didn't like it and yeah you know so yeah. i was like well first i don't want to duplicate my collection and uh, who knows how long this is going to stick around anyway so i don't even care i'm not gonna yeah. not gonna pay attention just at all but so now what's kind of interesting is that magic arena apparently is the place that people play the formats that are no longer played like what used to be what you would go to a game store to play now it entirely takes place on magic arena or seems to anyway weird um, yeah and uh they have like so and now they have this format called alchemy which is like some cards it's like standard plus in a way and that it's like the most recent sets but then there's some cards that only exist on magic arena like cards that do Mm. stuff that's just like kind of too complicated to put on a paper card so that's kind of cool like yeah i don't know they've done done some really neat stuff with the game and the um Hmm. you know it does have a uh it i think it's better on the mac and pc because the mobile port takes a really long time to load even on a new phone mm. and like it doesn't mm. it doesn't gracefully do multitasking and stuff so it's kind of like you're sort you of play like, on the steam deck you can i just i mean my steam deck's been gone since i you know <laughs> oh right but, um, <laughs> sorry but yeah no it's, it seems seems pretty cool i don't know i bought the battle pass and been in yeah. you know enjoying it so far i kind of regret not playing it more when it came out because i have a really cool collection now but i don't know i feel like my concerns were yeah. valid for not jumping into it yeah you know well for a decade plus the thing was just like hey wizards make paper magic but digital that's Mm -hmm. all anybody wants make a client to do that that's all we want and it's always like well here we got magic but it's wacky in this way or it's different in that way and it's like we don't want any of that yeah so it felt like when arena came out it was sort of like that where it was like dude just give us the thing we've been asking for um but was this the game 
you mentioned a while back you were like uh the returning player experience was yeah so because like none of the cards you get were well, valid so, or so that that was kind of a so i don't know i i think it's a shared a little bit of my my fault and a little bit of um the game's fault for not kind of like introducing this better because like yeah. what i was looking at is like playing normal standard magic which you know was like the default mm-hmm. mode forever right and the decks yeah. that they were providing me um are not standard they're this alchemy format so like everything okay. that i had i could play in like the the alchemy digital format but i didn't know what that was yeah. and the game didn't really tell you like hey welcome back by the way like we've got this new wacky format that's not really wacky it's like standard but a little bit cooler regular thing yeah it's like the new regular mode and like here's these decks Mm. that you can play and everything else and it kind of took me like joining um i I joined the discord for the magic arena subreddit and was like Mm. complaining i was like man i don't know what to do i have no decks i can play and they're like what are you talking about just play alchemy i was like what the fuck you i don't want to play alchemy i'll play standard it's like no that is that is the new standard like just play that it's fine so interesting so yeah that's that's what i'm doing now so huh well that's good i'm glad you're having fun with it yeah uh, uh, seems seems pretty good so far i don't know we'll we'll see how how long it holds my attention it is like really expensive if you buy anything in the game that's what's what's been kind of annoying like um i don't know but I, 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 right now I'm fine being a free player, and we'll see how long that persists before I, yeah, break down and spend money on it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, at some point that's bound to happen. But I don't um, know. I mean, it's weird because like I used to when I played Paper Magic, man. If a new set came out, I would drop a couple hundred bucks on buying a few boxes right. of cards and open them and all that stuff. But but it was yeah. like you were you were buying something that had like real real value that you could trade or resell or yeah if like worst yeah. came to worst you just didn't want to you just sell your whole collection and get sometimes even make a little money on it you know as opposed yeah. to like oh man like do i really want to buy this like hundred dollar pack of cards and yeah just have shit that's like <laughs> locked into a free-to-play game account that i can't really ever do anything with like yeah i don't know that's yeah. that's the only thing that's annoying but that's it's how games are now so whatever Pretty much. You have to prepare for it. (laughs) Um, Let's uh, hit on some of these stories from the last two weeks. I went all the way back um, to our last podcast to see if there's anything interesting in the world of mobile gaming. You're not going to accept Carter's challenge of uh, talking about John uh, Riccicello? Oh, yeah, we can talk about that. the drama of the past oh, two days drama of the week i guess drama i don't know yeah we I, we do like to talk about the online drama the discourse um well, why don't you go ahead and lay it out there what's I mean, going not, on what's the not, drama not really that dramatic i guess <laughs> it's just like um so unity um for a while has kind of this so unity the game engine company has been in sort of yeah. a weird spot because they've um they've kind of kind of become this like unity the game engine company plus unity like the advertising network company plus right. unity the like weird game back end um what used to be a bunch of different third party services now kind of like makes up this yeah. conglomerate of this thing they just call like unity game services and right so what used to be a fairly focused company that offered a fairly 
you know, as, as focused as a large game engine like Unity could be. And I was kind of mm. in this like weird spot where, and, and well, so what, I guess what kicked this off was they, um, remember they like buy, they either bought or merged with Iron Source, which is another um, mm. extremely large um, like adver- game advertising network kind of thing. Um, mm. So the drama of the week uh, it was their, their CEO was quoted and what I believe is potentially a little bit out of context, like just, um, saying that, um, you know, the people that weren't considering monetization as part of their game design were, were fucking idiots or, or something like that. Yeah. yeah I don't yeah. have the exact quote in front of you. That was pretty much the gist. If you're not thinking about monetization during your creative process, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I definitely mean, think there's a, a choice of words issue yeah. going on with that statement too, where he specifically, I, I think calling it the creative process is probably steps on some toes who people think of like, you shouldn't be soling your creativeness talking about money or whatever. Uh, if he would have said during your development process, that might've made more sense. Uh, calling someone a fucking idiot for any reason, it can be offensive. Um, and then you, the word monetization too, it's kind of like a trigger word. Yeah. So I feel like if the statement was more along the lines of like, during your development process, you should be thinking about how the, the game's going to be making money or else you're crazy or yeah. something like that. It's like, or yeah, like how doesn't cause any drama. Yeah. Well, while you're, while you're making the game, you should think about how you're going to market and sell it kind of thing like that. Yeah. That seems like it's a no brainer type thing, but, uh, also because of who he is and the fact that he was EA's CEO forever, um, people love to hate him too, which yeah. I, I don't really care one way or the other, but he does seem like kind of a shitty person. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. But, um, so yeah, the person and the way he phrased everything kind of made this more inflammatory than I think it should be because I don't think most people, even like your staunchest sort of like real capital G gamer people, but, um, if you were like, Hey, you got to think about how a game's going to make money. Um, that's fair, right? That seems reasonable. Unless you're yeah. like totally going for the artistic merit thing only. And you know that going in. I don't care if this thing makes money or not. It's I want to put this thing out in the world. Cool. But if you want to keep doing this as your job, you need to think about how a game's going to make money. Yeah. Um, that doesn't seem controversial to me. but Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. just like one more thing where it was like... Uh... I mean, if you look at the original tweet, there's like fucking like 10,000 quote tweets where everyone just like taking turns, just like yeah. dunking on this guy. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, yeah. like my, my whole thing with it was, I mean, we've talked about this before. I mean, like the amount of people that we've met over the years at Touch Arcade who are, you know, very talented people that have made very cool things that mm-hmm. uh, have made things that we were excited for and we're, mm-hmm. you know, excited to see and, and everything else like it it would not at all be uncommon to have one of those things end in. So the game's coming out in two days and I don't know uh, what should I price it. Right. I haven't even thought about right. this. Yeah. Kind of thing, yeah. Know? Right. Like wh- totally. What do I do next? And it's like, or like, uh, uh my balls, Josh get an unexpected viral hit with his, Ow my balls game that was free and had no sort of monetization in it. Mm-hmm. And it was getting like millions of downloads and stuff. And there was nothing, not even ads, not even anything. And by the time he like threw some stuff in there, it was kind of too late to really hit it big. Like it, it could have, it was yeah. like winning the lottery, but you forgot to turn in in time. And yeah. So and it, that's, it, that's a really good. Yeah. It's like, fuck, I won the lottery, but this ticket sat under my car and seat until it expired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So I don't know. And then the the other thing is we've met tons of people over the years that have like really had like, you know, these strong ideals about like what games should be and not screwing people over with free to play and blah, 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 blah. Um, whose games failed because they thought they were doing what the, the more vocal minority of people were telling them they wanted. Yeah. Uh, and and then, you, you'd run into people like that too, where it was like, I've invested all of my savings into this game and yeah. this is a pure game experience. It will be sold for four ninety nine. There's no yeah. nothing, you know, everything else. Yeah. Uh, it comes out no, in a no, day. Like we, we sold a hundred copies and that was it. And yeah. I'm broke now and I have to leave making games. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. That's the saddest thing is people that can't make games anymore because of problems like that. So. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean like that is the unfortunate reality of like, of that sort of thing is, is how many like really cool people that we met at GDC and stuff that, you know, just like didn't consider this other half of game development that, you know, quit being at GDC because now they just have to work at like Facebook or, or something. Cause yeah. they, you know, totally fucked up whatever project they were working on. Yeah. I, which yeah. It happened all the time, which sucked, you know? And it's like, yeah. and that's why it was kind of annoying to me to see people being like, oh, I can't believe this asshole. What a shitty thing to say and everything else. Like, well, mm -hmm. you know, you haven't seen the other side of this, yeah. which, you know, sucks when, yeah. you know, someone's like looking at you like, oh, I invested $50,000 into this. It comes out next week. What do I do next? I'm going to lose my house. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's like not... <laughs> you know, I got, I, oh, I have a team. Like I, we yeah. need to, we need to sell this game. Cause otherwise I'm going to lay them all off. Like yeah. that sort of shit happened all the time. Yeah. And I don't know. That's why I've always had a really big problem with the term like greedy dev, which mm -hmm. people always want to throw around like, Oh, this greedy dev, he wants two 99 for the ad unlock or, you know, whatever. And it was like, man, that greedy dev is maybe breaking even with his game. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Or he's maybe going to be able to buy Top Ramen for the next week. Yeah. And, and, like, and he maybe you know, can pay for his three employees to like, yeah, you know, like have what, health insurance what, or whatever. At what point, like, you know, what, what is greed to you really? Is it being able to survive? Because yeah. is that being greedy? Because that's most of these people aren't even achieving that. Yeah. They're, they're trying, especially in mobile. It's like you are real lucky if you even like break even with a game. Um, which is why you see these like Netflix and Apple Arcade and things like that coming in and being like, hey, we want your game on our platform. What's the amount of money it's going to make this be like a, a, you break even right off the bat? Because instead of like releasing a game and hoping you get enough sales to break even, you can relax and be like, hey, you know what? Maybe this doesn't make us rich, but at least we put our game out there and we're not losing money or we made a little bit of money yeah. up front and anything extra will be gravy. Um, that's why these like subscription services, I think are so appealing to so many devs because you're taking the risk factor out of it kind of, yeah. and you can breathe a lot easier knowing like, Oh, I'm not going to lose my ass because this game just completely bombed. Um, yeah. Which, or you're, I, you're just going to see more and more of that. I think. Or just lose completely lose my ass. Cause I had all the best plans in the world, but it just so happened to release it on the same day as like angry birds or whatever. You yeah. Know? Right. Like, yeah. Uh, and just, I couldn't get any single mind share because like Rovio released their new thing. And yeah, um, that happens too. Yeah. Happened all the time. So it's tough, man. I don't know. It sucks, but uh, you know, we're at, we're at, well, take this advice of uh, John Riccitello that uh, think about how to monetize your game <laughs> at some point. Unless maybe you're, you're not a, a fucking idiot, but you kind of again, are, unless you're not doing your that. entire goal is like I'm just making something for fun. This is my hobby, yeah. and I'm just going to release for free because I don't care. At which yeah. point, sure, rock on. 
Honestly, but, like some of the happiest developers I've known are people that have that mindset where they're like, hey, I already have a full-time job. I'm supporting myself. This is yeah. a nights and weekends hobby for me. I'm passionate about it. If it makes money, cool. If it doesn't, no sweat. Like that's the attitude I think you need to have instead of like everything is riding on this release. Oh my mm-hmm. God, please review our game. If you don't, we will fail and go homeless. And it's like, I, <laughs> the chances of uh, our website reviewing your game saving it is you're beyond that point if you haven't thought about anything of this by now yeah Um, i mean you know that if that sounds like hyperbole i assure you it's not like oh we get tons of people that are like if you don't review our game my kids can't go to college they won't eat you know stuff like that where you're just like our we can review it and it's not gonna do what you think it's gonna do i promise you that if it's not already doing well for you at this point yeah i don't know this it's it's it sucks but don't know um let's talk about mobile game stories of the last two weeks sure uh i only have a handful of things to talk about and then uh we can let all these people listening to this go on their merry way um First up, I have a, a free-to-play game is shutting down. Final Fantasy Record a, a Keeper square. is going to shut I, down. I feel like this needs a caveat on, what do you know? A Square Enix free-to-play game is shutting down. How did it, I never could have imagined something like that happening. Um, the interesting thing about this is that Record Keeper is one of the oldest ones, right? It's been over seven years. That I still think kicking. this is their best, their best free-to-play game. I know tons of people that love this game and still love it. So I'm like... Curious to know what's the reason. Is it just not making enough money or they just kind of run out of stuff to do for it or just over it? I don't know. But yeah, this is a big one for for it to be shutting down. I feel like most of the other ones that have shut down recently have been like, they haven't weren't even open for a year. So it's like, you know, how invested could you really be? But if this became like a daily thing for people for seven and a half years, that's a bummer to see it go away. Um, So this guy's going to shut down in uh, September 29th. I and wonder so, if they, so I, I haven't played this game in quite a while. I, I think I played it for like maybe a year or whatever after it came out kind of casually. Yeah. Um, and like the whole gimmick of this game was that it was like the, the, what was so cool about it was like the greatest hits of all like the Final Fantasy stuff. Like yeah, you, know, you play through yeah. these like little snippets of like these cool moments in Final Fantasy and like collect the characters from that moment. And then like, I think you could yeah. like then use those characters. And I don't really remember. It was like a big collection kind of. It's like collection plus fan service done in, yeah. what, in a way that I thought was was pretty cool. I wonder if they just kind of like hit the end of like we just we don't have any more content we can put in this. <laughs> yeah. Like we've been adding we've plumbed every like, every memory of every Final Fantasy game. So we're yeah, I that could be. I mean, I bet you start a game like this thinking like oh, there's endless stuff we can yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then seven yeah. years later, you're like, well, we did it all. There's yeah. nothing left. What can we do? Um, I don't know. Maybe we just like allow everyone to prestige and just start the game over. Like, <laughs> that's not a bad idea, actually. <laughs> Server wipe and then we'll start over. Um, but anyway, if you if you haven't played it, I don't know if it's worth jumping into now. But they'll probably that last month or so they usually shower you with a bunch of free stuff. And, yeah, and that's it's usually so. a cool time to play these games yeah. when you like get in like just as they're shutting down and it's like here you right. go. I've like here's free shit like crazy like go nuts and and you can experience the cool cool part cool parts of the game without any of the grinder right that stuff so yeah um but yeah you'll you'll have till the end of september to do that um so r.i.p to final fantasy record keeper um 
going to a not free to play game. Uh, I wanted to point out the Hero Emblems 2 review that Sean did a couple weeks back. Um, were you the one that's saying you didn't really play this game or didn't really care about the first one much or whatever? No, I played or, it. I like it. Oh, you, oh, okay. Did you play this new one yet? Uh, I'm downloading it right now. Oh, there you go. I, uh, um, I told you to give me an early code and then you didn't. Then I forgot about it. So, Sorry. Sorry. Codes had to go to uh, somebody that was going to write something about it. <laughs> but yeah, um, super good. I just wanted to shout it out because uh, it, it's funny. So I, I started playing this when it came out and I was like, oh, I love this. And then I was like trying to remember some of the stuff about the first game and I had been meaning to replay it. So I was like, oh, screw it. I'm going to replay it. I think it's only like 15, 20 hours max to play through the first game. And, um, you know, something on my phone, I could, can reasonably play through something like that in a couple of weeks, I would think. Um, so I, I started a new playthrough of the first one and uh, man fell in love with it all over again, but also forgot how balls hard that game is. There's <laughs> yeah. stuff, and it's like, Oh, you just spent 30 minutes on a boss fight and died at the very end. And you have to do the whole thing over. It's like that kind of stuff where it's like, Ugh. but um the first game is so good. And then it really makes the changes in Hero Emblems 2 stand out a lot because you can sort of see them side by side and be like, okay, yeah, this is a big improvement. But I will say the sequel is also balls hard, maybe even harder. Although I've heard different things from different players. Some people are like, oh, I breezed through it. This is way easier than the first game. And other people are like, I, it's totally, I know. So there's a lot of stuff to be aware of. Like there's a lot of things, hidden places on the maps where you can get some really good gear or items that will be really really helpful for you and then um somebody in our forums actually i actually was gonna i was gonna ask this dude if you want to write a guide or something because he had some really good tips um i'll actually i'll link his forum post in the uh, show notes in case anyone's curious but some really good tips and a few things i didn't know um that are like really really helpful um just for like the basic matching game part of it um and so uh yeah, that was uh, pretty helpful learning some of those tips or whatever. But just such a good sequel. It sucks it took whatever, six years or whatever it took for it to come out. But um, I think it was worth the wait. And I think it's like definitely better than the first game, which was already really yeah, good. I, so I don't know. It's like these um, these kind of like puzzle RPG things are always just, they always get me. And it's like, what I really liked about the original is it was like that, but... Like, you, know, you have Puzzle and Dragon and like all these other ones, but they are right. they were always like so aggressively free to play that yeah. like, even though I, I, I knew people that played that fucking game for years that loved it. But I was just like, yeah, Damn, man, oh, yeah, like, I don't want to. Uh, I, I know uh, I know th- what I, I'm those games always into. feel more time killer to me. And these games feel like I feel like it's RPG first and then the matching is just part of an RPG instead of like a matching game with some RPG stuff like built on top. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about these games where it, feel, it really feels like an adventure. It really feels like strategic battling and beating a boss and moving the story along and stuff like that. Um, it just so happens that the the combat mechanic is, is the matching game. Um, that's always what felt so good about these games to me is they felt like a real role-playing game first. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just super good. So if, if, if you played the first one and liked it, you probably, I mean, you should, if you're listening to this, you probably already know about this, probably already bought it. Um, but it's five bucks. Well worth. Oh, sorry. Seven. It looks like, yeah, it's I think it, I think it started at, I think it had a pre-order. I think it was five bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Four, three, four, five bucks. Something like that. 
So, well, and now with this information coming to light, I don't know if I can recommend it for seven. <laughs> it was really more of a $5 game. Uh, no, yeah, I, this would be like a 50, well, maybe not 50, but like a 30 or $40 3DS game, easy. You know what I mean? And, and nobody would blink an eye. So it's kind of funny to think that something could be $7. Yeah, I should and stop playing that. I need to read the text and stuff. Yeah, no, like, focus on it. It's yeah. definitely a one to focus on too, but um, super good game. Everyone should check it out and read Sean's review because he writes good reviews. And uh, yeah. Um, another cool story from last week was that uh, the downhill mountain biking game Descenders is going to come to iOS and Android on August 4th. Um, this is kind of funny. I think we talked about this game before because it was on Game Pass. Um, well, this, this re- to me always just seemed like a... a- like remember when these like physics biking kind of games like were mega popular on mobile and then this came yeah. out on game pass you're like this is a phone game yeah. like what the well it's like i didn't really understand the concept um i jumped into the game on game pass and i played it for maybe an hour or something like that and it didn't super grab me but now that i understand what it was going for i think i would i want to try it again because what it really is trying to be is a roguelike mountain biking game which sounds super silly but what that means is it just has like procedurally generated courses and they're sort of like one and done runs and then you have all this stuff you can like level up in between or, or whatever um there's also like a, a big multiplayer component to it too because i remember there's like a big hub world or a hub area where you kind of all you see all the other people biking around and stuff like that and so i sort of approached it as like oh this is like skate or you know something like mm-hmm. that like um you know trying to do tricks and things like that which that's a part of it too but i never really invested in like trying to do the different runs and stuff like that so um but it's apparently a really popular game on on every other platform kind of interesting that it's coming to mobile although it makes sense actually too i think it's a game that'll control really well on the touchscreen. i think it has sort of like a dual stick trick sort of system that that yeah, always that's, that's what it looks well like on, on touchscreen. so yeah yeah um and i the runs i think are like reasonably short too which kind of makes sense you could hop in on your phone and do a couple and and whatever so um anywho yeah descenders coming to mobile um it's going to be fully premium it's going to be 10 bucks and uh you can actually pre-order it on um ios or android right now and uh i don't know looking forward to seeing the mobile version 10 Uh, bucks for a mobile game in this economy Oh, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, I don't think this is on Game Pass anymore now that I think about it. I think it's one of those games that Virtue left off. the service or whatever. So I don't know if I can go dick around with it beforehand. But check out the mobile version. August 4th looks pretty cool. Um, speaking of ports coming to mobile, uh, Scourgebringer is coming to iOS in September. iOS and Android in September. Um, I have this on my Steam wish list. I I went to look up information because I was like, Scourgebringer, that sounds really uh, familiar. I own this on Steam. I think I own it on Switch, too. 50% off on Steam right now, too. There you go. Um, All I know is that this is one of those games that we come across all the time that I've heard tons of good things about. Everyone, I know it's a good game because so many people like it. But I never got around to playing it on something else. So now that it's coming to mobile, I will for sure check it out. Seven bucks uh, on mobile, eight dollars and forty nine cents right now on Steam. Half until off, July eighteenth. Oh yes. 
Crazy. Um, but yeah, just a cool, seems like it'll be a good fit for mobile. There's lots of games like um, Hyper Light Drifter and stuff like that, like uh, came to mobile and, and ended up being really good. So um, this feels like of that ilk, I would say. Um, so it's supposed to launch on September 13th. And yeah, you can pre-order it on iOS or Android right now, seven bucks. Uh, always happy to see like mobile's one of the best places in the world for tons of really good premium ports from console and PC. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nuts when you think about it. If you went back the last like five or six years and just got everything, you would have hundreds of games on your phone yeah. with no free to play stuff, no nothing. Um, lots of times these things too will have like controller support and stuff too. So it's really getting to the point of where it's like, okay, if you don't, if you can't buy a Steam Deck or something like that, yeah, just, buy a controller, a clip-in controller, buy a backbone and your phone, and there's just so much stuff to play. You can build up a pretty crazy library of really good games. Um, speaking of really good games, uh, Dicey Dungeons came out late last week. Yeah, uh, when I when I saw game. this one, I was like, wait a minute. This hasn't been, uh, for whatever reason, this has existed in my brain as being on mobile for years right. now. It, when it was first announced, and I I wrote about this when it was first announced in 2018 or something like that, 17, um, because I'm such a huge Super Hexagon and BBBBB fan um, from Terry Cavanaugh. Those are two of like hands down some of my favorite games ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so his new project piqued my interest because both those games and a few of his others had come to mobile. And you look at what this game was when it was first announced. It's like a dice-based, roguelike, dungeon-crawler kind of game. It just seems like it had mobile in mind, right? Yeah. Um, so it seemed like a no-brainer to write about it and think, and with the caveat of, like, it'll probably come to mobile, but who knows? Well, that was, like, several years ago that it actually launched, and it's made it, it came out on PC, it made it to consoles, it made it to Switch, it made it to, like, everything, and then no mobile version forever, and it's come up a few times where somebody's asked him on Twitter or something like that, like, what's going on? Uh, and he's always sort of like, yeah, it's still planned. It's still working on it, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, so it just took a really, really, really long time, but was worth the wait. <clears throat> Definitely feels like mobile is the way to play it. Like the touchscreen is just perfect for this kind of game. It's the perfect style of game for mobile. Um, really similar to something like if you like Slay the, Sp- Slay the Spire or, or games like that. Um, just really clever turn-based battles with really uh, interesting and, and surprisingly deep um, combat mechanics. But yeah, I don't remember also, what, what like, platform I played this on, but it's really good. Like it's it's it's, it's one of these games so that good. like like you look at and you're like, that's all you do is just roll dice, and it's like, well, no, like yeah, you sure right. that is all you do, but like the the things that you do with it, it's like crazy. That, that yeah, what he came up with. Yeah, all the equipment and special abilities and stuff like that are all really clever, and they all spice up the gameplay really good. Um, but yeah, I, lo- I love that everything's based on dice rolls because it feels like the perfect amount of RNG without ever feeling like you're yeah. totally getting screwed on by it or anything like that. But it's just enough to kind of like keep things spicy. And that's probably due because dice only have six sides, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's only so much RNG you can, you can handle. Um, but yeah, just such a fantastic game. Um, this one, I believe is five bucks. Yeah. Five bucks for the iOS version. So super worth it. Um, this is another game that I, I think I own on some other platforms and never got around to playing. Um, sometimes I, I'm happy when that happens because it makes me feel like I really appreciate 
how good this game actually is. I've been hearing about it for years. And then I actually play it myself, and I'm like, yeah, everyone was right. This game's awesome. Yeah. Um, so definitely check out Dicey Dungeons. Worth a fiver. And Sean did a review, or Mikhail did a review of that one, too. Yeah, so super check super out the review. All day long. <clears throat> Mikhail's specialty seems to be, um, especially with ports to mobile, playing it on every other system too and comparing. Yeah. <laughs> so if you if you want to know how this plays compared to on a Steam Deck or on a PC or on the Switch uh, or on a console, then uh, Mikhail's usually got that info. Um, and then this was a... Uh, this is actually a story from last week that continued into this week. Um, but last year in May, I believe, um, they announced that there was going to be a Tom Clancy's The Division game for mobile. Uh, Did you Ubisoft ever had fiddle around with the uh, console version of this at all? N- no, I have yeah. not. Me either. Have you? No, I have friends that are really into it. And I, I, I've right. definitely bought the game, I think, both on console and PC. And <laughs> yeah. haven't even it seems it. like a really rad game. And it also seems very, it's one of those really creepy games. So uh, my wife is, was reading this book that was written in, I think it was 2016 or something like that. But it's about a pandemic and how it shuts down the world and like all this stuff going on that was like oh my god that's exactly what happened in 2020 but this book is from like several years before that's really creepy um you can say the same thing about the division that the whole concept of the game is like there's a big pandemic that sweeps everybody and then kind of like chaos ensues like society breaks down right and so like you know different factions break out and try and take control and there's kind of lawlessness and stuff like that um but it's really kind of a creepy premise too, because this the first game I think was from 2016, so also before the pandemic, but also very similar to what happened with COVID. Um, and then you look at like uh, they a sequel came out a couple years later, and then now this mobile game's coming out with, I mean, pandemic stuff still kind of going on, so um, it just puts everything in sort of a different light. Um, but anyway, yeah, I've I've always heard that these games are really good. Um, but I never had played them myself. So last year they announced it was coming to mobile. They had just kind of a, a general vague roadmap of stuff they were working on. And one of those things was a mobile version of the division. Um, so last week they actually announced the name of it. The division resurgence had a quick little gameplay trailer. Um, looked pretty cool. We did post about it back then too, but then this week they actually came out with um, two actual gameplay trailers well, one is is like a gameplay walkthrough. It's like three or four minutes of somebody just playing through kind of what a typical three or four minutes in the game would be like. It shows mm-hmm. how you can kind of outfit your dude and go out into the open world and engage in some battles and and whatever. Um, looks pretty cool, pretty impressive for a mobile game. There's I have some gripes with maybe some frame rate things and stuff like that, but when you stop and think about what's happening on a little phone, it's pretty impressive. This is like a big open world kind of game. So. Um, and then the second video they released was actually um, like more of a, a interview thing um, that talks about uh, a lot of like the general like uh, things they were trying to accomplish with this game and what the roadmap going forward is going to look like and, you know, whatever. So oh, I was thinking of Rainbow Six Siege. Not I haven't played any of the division games. Oh, OK. Siege well, is that's like another the, game. That... The squad based um yeah like it's a similar sort of online shooting game where you can join up with different factions and things like that um yeah that rainbow six siege 
I want to say that game came out and bombed and then like recovered and then became like the most popular multiplayer game for a while or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because it was like, um, um, I feel like it was like Apex Legends and shit was getting popular and then Siege was like very, yeah. like they really doubled down on like realism or something. I don't, I don't really remember. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I haven't played Rainbow Six since Vegas, but man, did I love Rainbow Six Vegas. Oh, my dog is scratching through something. Should probably check on that. Um, so anyway, yeah, check these videos out. If you like The Division or you're at all interested in um, this sort of thing being on mobile, um, worth watching both of these videos. It sounds like they're going to do a closed beta test. You can sign up on their website um, and they're going to be just sort of picking people at random, I think. But uh, it looks pretty cool. I mean, I, it's Apex Legends mobile. Really impressive to see that game running on a mobile device and to yeah. think that you can have that kind of experience on something tiny like an iphone I feel kind of the same about this where it's just like damn they there's you can nitpick some things about the trailers and the graphics and the whatever but the fact that they got a whole game like this yeah, on a phone really, is really impressive really so. yeah we feel the same way about the mobile call of duty it's like how the fuck this is so yeah. good for right I mean, not the way that totally. i would prefer to play call of duty but still it's like really cool yeah. that it exists and works as well as it does well, I think people like us that have been around mobile since really the beginning, it's like uh, it's, you, you got to stop and think about how far we've come with stuff like that sometimes because yeah. um, you used to have like the janky watered down, you know, clone of I mean, Assassin's Creed that was like barely. When uh, <laughs> when EA released um, Command and Conquer on, and this was back when yeah. like the iPod touch games, like, and it was like yeah. the shittiest little, most watered down little, like you could have like 12 units out maybe or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was like, holy shit. Like this is. And we liked it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I felt like, man, if you're like 10 years old and you're super into mobile games, you have no idea. Oh yeah. How good you have it now with how many options you have and, and how crazy they are, how similar they are to basically console and PC games. It's, it's pretty nuts. So yeah. anyway, um, division, I'm sure there'll be more news coming out no release date or anything like that, but they'll be talking more about it in the uh, coming months. I'm sure. Uh, last thing I had to talk about this week is um, EA's working on a new skate game. I'm a really big this, skate. This fan. also, this almost made, this is probably runner up for discourse of the week. You, oh yeah. Well, I didn't even get into a bunch of that, but we'll talk about that. But so yeah, so the skate games, um, I've been playing since they first came out because I grew up skateboarding for real and loved skateboarding video games because I also was a gamer. I could never so, get know, into these. Tony I was Hawk always like a, a, and... a Tony Hawk guy. Like uh, the skate games, I don't know. If I, I'm not sure why I couldn't get into them. I just, I don't I know. I get it. Uh, Tony Hawk's games were very more more video gamey, right? Yeah. Like the, if you were used to playing games and hitting a lot of buttons and doing the combos and stuff like that, like there's a lot more gaminess to them. The skate games were fine. They usually came with like a, storyline thing to play through or whatever i'd beat that in a day or two and then i oh, spent yeah. hundreds of hours just free skating i think you're right um, like wasn't it wasn't it like like in a tony hawk game you could have a fucking like infinite like 500 move combo and in this one it's like you string together three moves it's like damn that was really cool right like well yeah that was kind of the appeal of it though too because um a lot of the fun as somebody that skates in real life about a skate video game is sort of like mimicking things you could do in real life or whatever the the you need a little bit of the realism, like not too real, but also not like flying off a skyscraper and grinding up telephone wire and, you know, all this Tony Hawk games got pretty wacky in terms of that stuff. So when Skate came around, it was sort of like, 
okay, cool. Like this is just the right amount of unrealistic stuff to make it like fun. But uh, you can also still do a lot of stuff that's grounded in reality. And the cities, the big open worlds were like super fun to explore and find crazy stuff. Just like in real skating, like that stuff that's not meant to be skated and Mm -hmm. find a way to skate it. Like that's a big part of like street skating. So you could do that in the skate games. um, And it was really cool. But yeah, there's this TikTok account that... I, I don't even I would take me a while to find it. But like the basic gist of the account is like the student and his buddy get out and they put cones out and they wear high vis vests and they like yeah. actually like work on curbs to make them better for skating. And like oh, I have friends that do that. Stuff. Nobody yeah. ever says anything to him because it's like you put the six cones out. You got the vest and hard on. Everyone's just like, OK, cool, man. You guys are doing something yeah. important. I, I have friends that like literally have poured like it made entire banks out of like bags and bags of concrete in like an alley somewhere and nobody stopped nobody did anything um yeah i don't know you just blend in i guess yeah uh makes me want to train like i mean to be fair i I mean it makes sense like if uh yeah if i saw i wouldn't stop and be like hey guy in the orange vest and hard hat like what are you doing yeah with all these cones out and tools and shit hey man cool i don't want anything to do with that have fun (laughs) that's so funny um but anyway so yeah love the skate games um unfortunately you know, so Skate 3 came out in 2010. And then um, I don't think the series did well enough from EA's standards. I think it was pretty popular, but EA at the time was like, games need to make FIFA money for it to, yeah. for us to care. And it's like, it wasn't doing that. So um, they didn't move forward with any more sequels or anything like that. The, the, the development studio that had done all the Skate games split up and went off and did their own separate things and stuff. Um, and then in 2014 is when um, Skate 3 started to go viral on like YouTube and stuff because um, the game, I can totally vouch for this. It has the the jankiest physics engine of all of those games. But um, and like crazy ragdolling, kind of, right? Like kind of endearing, right? And so it started to go viral because people were, yeah, crazy ragdoll stuff, crazy glitches. And um, it just made for good watching so so these youtubers started discovering skate 3 and doing all the wacky stuff you can do it and and it ended up kind of going viral to the point that he actually started reprinting discs of skate 3 at some point uh made it available for download and made it backwards compatible with you know the old systems and stuff so um or the new system so anyway it kind of revived the skate series as a whole and then um people had been clamoring like make a skate 4 make a skate 4 like bugging EA about it for years um, so it wasn't until actually in 2020 that uh, EA came out. It was like during E3 or whatever. I guess there was no E3. Whatever was in place of E3 in the pandemic year um, came out and was like, yes, a new skate game is in development. We're confirming it's happening. So everyone got really excited. A bunch of the people from the old studio that made the old skate games were part of this new studio that they put together for the new skate game, as well as a bunch of new people. So um yeah, a new skate was in the works. It was kind of like fans willing something into existence, which makes the whole thing kind of cooler, right? Yeah. Um, especially from someone like EA, which is just like the big evil corporation. It was like, you know, kind of a cool win. So anyway, we haven't heard a bunch about it for the last couple of years, except that they're working on a new skate. Um, so last month, like at the end of the month, they released the first what they're calling pre, 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 pre alpha footage of the new skate. <clears throat> and it's rad. It looks really cool. It's definitely early. I mean, there's no like textures on any of the stuff and, you know, whatever. So it's, it's totally like a vertical slice type situation 
um, and, and extremely early uh, progress on the game, but you could kind of see where they're going and stuff like that. And they, they did that on purpose because they really wanted to involve the community very early on. So you normally wouldn't do like beta testing at this point in the game's existence, right? It's too early to bring people in. Um, but they actually want to bring people in this early so they can get really early feedback and kind of like hopefully uh, make it sort of the game that, that actual people who are going to be playing it want, yeah. um, which is kind of interesting. So anyway, um, so that's that. They unveiled the new skate game. It's not Skate 4. It's just called Skate. And it's not a reboot or a remaster. It's kind of a new um, direction for the series, if you will. But so this week they released some even more info and a big developer interview. It's like a 20 minute thing with a bunch of the people working on the game. Um, for our purposes, the big interesting bit is that they're working on getting the game on mobile. Um, no definite platforms have been like, you know, set in stone or anything like that, but they are very much like, yeah, we, it's working on mobile. We wanted to get it to a certain point before we actually commit to yes, mobile. But the whole vision for this game is that it's going to be, cross-platform with cross-progression and kind of like the Fortnite thing where it's like we don't care where you play it we want everyone to play the same right. game um and to that extent i think that's great the thing that was grinding everyone's gears this week is they <laughs> right up front were like it's going to be a free-to-play game it's going to be a live services game this isn't skate four because there's never going to be a skate five this is skate and it's going to evolve and progress and live for many years to come we hope we're going to add new stuff to it all the time. We're going to be special events, limited time events, you know, whatever. Very much like Fortnite, I mean, right? I like when did Fortnite even So launch? much cool stuff, right? With this, like. Well, we've been saying for years, like, why isn't Call of Duty like that? Why isn't Madden like that? Why are all these iterative yearly release games just a live services game? Because there's very little that changes from year to year. And to justify that somebody, hey, buy a new $60 game this year that you just bought last year, you really have to come up with like, stuff like oh it's so new this year we have this thing and it's never really that big of a thing um when in reality it'd be like hey we're just gonna keep adding to this one version of the game through like this console's entire life cycle um and you can just buy stuff when you want to or maybe it has a subscription or maybe it whatever but either way it doesn't make sense anymore to buy a new madden every year right Right. because how different is each madden from the next um and it's kind of same with call of duty so I'm personally like that they're doing this because skate has always been one of those games. that's like not really about the story or anything like that. It's not really about beating it. It's about getting in and playing it. It's a sandbox toy more than anything else. And um, so that just lends itself really well to this style of game where you get in with your buddies. I mean, think of how many people play Fortnite and don't play Fortnite, right? Like they hang out in Fortnite. Like that was a big, or Minecraft or whatever. So um, it just makes a lot of sense to me, but the headlines that grab all the attention is draw, drum up the anger is that this is going to be a free to play game. The new skate is free to play. The thing you willed into existence is going to be the worst thing ever because it's going to be free to play. Um, if you watch the video with the interview with the developers, um, they're very aware of that. They're very aware of how people don't like free to play and stuff like that. Um, they're going to try really hard to do it the right way and have it just be cosmetics and things like that. You know, I mean, there's a lot of examples out there free to play yeah. done right that they can build off of. So um, I don't know. I trust them to do it right, especially because some of the core people from the old games are there. And this is totally like their baby type 
thing. Um, they don't want to just gunk, gunk it up with a bunch of BS, I don't think. So, well, I mean, skateboarding um, as a whole, like they could, I mean, th- there's so many ways they could do this so tastefully where it's just like, hey, you just buy, like, if you just want to, like, the shitty base color skateboard and normal boring yeah. clothes, like, you can play as long as you want. If you want to buy a cool right. deck, you want to buy cool wheels, you want to buy cool stuff for your guy, like, that all costs money. Yeah. And that would be, yeah, I think, totally fine by most people. Like, yeah, there is no an endless amount of like skate brands I could partner with, mm-hmm. a million different shirt types or logos or board types or will. I mean, even more so than something like Call of Duty, where you have a billion different guns yeah. and attachments. It's like kind of the same deal with skateboards. You could have a billion types of skateboards. Well, yeah, and, and like limited custom. time events where it's like, hey, we're bringing back mm-hmm. like the vintage Tony Hawk decks this week. Like, yeah, we're bringing right. back like eighty style, uh, like high tail yeah. skateboards this week. Like. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so much stuff that they could do that they could add to the game that 100% cosmetic that would still just be as fun for you to skate with your guy yeah. in jeans and a white t-shirt and a black skateboard well, as, you know, right. anything else. Well, they were saying, too, they were like, we talked to so many people that are huge Skate 3 fans because Skate 3, after it went kind of viral, brought on a lot of new players that had never even heard of the series or cared about it. But they see people playing on YouTube and like, that does look cool. And then they buy it. Um they're like, hey, why didn't you play Skate One or Two? And they'd be like, oh, I didn't, couldn't afford it or whatever. You know what I mean? It was like, well, that sucks. I don't want anybody out there to feel like they can't afford to play our game. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's going to have a pretty big online component, a popular thing in all the skate games is like the multiplayer and getting together with friends and doing stuff together in game. Um, then it should be free so everyone can play it. You know what I mean? Did I just break up for you? A little bit, but sorry. It's okay. Anyway, obviously, I'm very passionate about this. But um, so anyway, the news for our purposes is that uh, Skate more or less was announced to also coming to mobile, which is pretty cool. I think there was a Skate game on mobile back in um, 2010 that I reviewed. Um, it was actually a port of the DS version of Skate, which had like touchscreen gimmick stuff and built in, which um, surprisingly works really well on a touchscreen device like an iPhone. Yeah. So, um. I could see this game working really well if everything's seamless and you can play on your phone and have your progress sync to your PC and consoles. Like that's great. I mean, God, um, just like so we'll imagine, but you if know, you're curious, like, like, so what they, what they do with like Fortnite and stuff, right. Where like all these different events and, you know, like modifying mm-hmm. the map and all that mm-hmm. crap. Like, I mean, the stuff that they can do with a skating game is like truly just infinite where it's like, Hey, guess what? Like there's a, a new skate jam, like check out all these new yeah. ramps that we set up in totally. like this, this park or whatever. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. God, that well, I, that just sounds amazing. One of the coolest thing they showed off in this video is something they're called, I think they're called Collaba Zones or something like that. But they're special little maps where anybody can go in and create something and then invite other people to come in and play it. So like kind of how in, in Minecraft you would join a server and it's like, oh, somebody built a 10 foot tall penis or whatever. Um, you could go into these these zones and it'd be like, oh, somebody built like a skyscraper size mini ramp. Yeah, that looks crazy. Like, let's try it. Um, so little things like that that bring people together and you can try out other people's creations and stuff like that. Uh, that sounds really cool, too. So I don't know. Hyped for the new skate. It's so early, though. It's probably at least a year away. Um, but if it comes to mobile, I'll be pretty stoked. So, yeah, this, this is going to be I'm, I'm um, excited for this. I, I don't know. Seems fun. Yeah. Um, all right. seems like my Internet's crapping out. Does that seem to be the case? 
Uh, it seems better now. Do you want to run through the Playdate games real quick since the season is officially over we now? Can. These uh, last last few releases. Yeah, I have a I have a I have a system update ready. Yeah, for whatever um, reason, like I, I stopped getting game releases and now I just get like tons of system updates. Like I think I got like two or three huh. in the last week. Um, yeah. So what we've missed since the last time we talked about, it, so I believe I have I've stopped getting new games. So I think I have all of season one. Um, so I've got uh, yeah. Battlefield or Battleship. Uh, I think this is Battleship Gaudios. How you pronounce it? Yeah. Um, yes. So this game is oh, this is okay. Like so, mm. it, it seems to me like they're I like so the gimmick of this this game has like several gimmicks and I think it probably should have like settled down and just chosen like maybe one or two. Um mm. because like so you you shoot in the game by like shooting out this like ball that bounces around and you have to mm-hmm. catch the ball in order to shoot it again. Which mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is a cool mechanic, I guess. And then it has like a kind of like time rewinding thing, but the time rewinding seems to be limited. Like you know like mm-hmm. you can only do it so many times. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I think like the the two of them together just I, I think it either needs to be like, OK, the gimmick is that you can it's a bullet hell, but you can rewind time and every or modify time to like, you know, make you know, do things that you maybe couldn't do otherwise kind of thing like that. Yeah, seems like it would be neat. But like, I don't know. I'm just like not really sold on like the bouncy ball as a shooting mechanic kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know. It's it, I maybe I just need to spend more time with it. Like, but it, uh, yeah. you know, I played like every like, play day game. Well, I played the first few levels. And I'm just like, I don't know. It's just like, it's not because like there's been so many like space shootery things that have come out this season that like, right. I just, I don't know. I, I like other ones better, I think. Yeah. Honest, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe some people like this one, but I, um, I, I, I don't know. But then, so Forest Burns Up in Smoke was the other game that came out. Uh, so that wasn't the last week. Before. I don't know what week these came out. But, like, so this one's really cool. It's a um, a platformer, like, basically, just like, the the Playdate platformer, basically. It's like, right. uh, if you wanted, like, Super <laughs> Mario, a Super Mario-style yeah. game on Playdate, you've got this. And what I like about this one is it's got um, time pressure associated to it via a this forest fire that's kind of, like, chasing you. And yeah. it reminds yeah. me of the um, like the avalanche that's chasing you in like super quick hook. Yeah, and yeah, you've totally. got kind of like a shovel knight little shovel that you can like whack enemies with and things like that. It's it's a very very well done kind of like uh, like from the glory days of like sixteen bit ish like platformers and stuff like that. Remember like like in Gen- on the Genesis where it was like everything was a fucking platformer like from Donald Duck to like. Yeah. You know, all these other like random things like this vibe is oh, yeah. just like that. Like totally this does, came out yeah. in between like the Donald Duck quack shot and like Bubsy or whatever. You'd be like, oh, OK, cool. Right. Yeah, it's another one. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Super good. So I like that one a lot. Then. Um, so then the following week, uh, you had this game called 360, which um, it's kind of like a Tempest. uh what is it? The Tempest 3000 or Tempest 2000 or what's the mm-hmm, Amiga game? Mm-hmm. That's kind of like uh, Tempest 2000. Yeah. yeah. Like on a sort of 3d kind of tunnel thing is where the game yeah. takes place. And like, that's how this is, but you kind of like, and then like the actual gameplay itself is this sort of like breakout style thing where you, where you crank the, um, 
crank to like rotate the paddle thing around a circle yeah. and stuff, which like this is fine. Like I don't know, it just it seems it seems okay. Like I didn't Yeah, really, I like, uh, didn't blow my hair I back like... or anything. Yeah. I think um the the circle is too large to really I don't feel like I can crank precisely enough, you know, so it feels like a lot of luck. Yeah, I and I don't know, I think the the um kind of like Tempest two thousand ish aspects of it um it just seems like they're just there for kind of like visual flair it doesn't really it doesn't seem like you really interact mm-hmm. with like the depth that the game creates that much yeah right or maybe you do yeah. later in the game i'm not sure i played a few levels and was like okay well i played you know circular breakout before i'm kind of yeah right kinda over this guy <laughs> and then the final game um might be the best game of the season which is mm-hmm. uh uh sean uh inman of the last rocket fame his uh mm-hmm. ratcheteer mm-hmm. which is this kind of like um uh kind of like top down sort of uh action adventure kind of thing which kind of kind of sort of vibes a uh, little zelda ish but steampunky yeah <laughs> does it seem fair yeah Link's yeah, Awakening ish, I would say. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's very, very kind of like Game Boy Link's Awakening kind of kind of thing. Um, absolutely fucking love this game. Um, yeah, but you know, it's like I I would be surprised if I didn't like uh, yeah Sean. I mean, I mean, the dude is like a wizard <laughs> when it comes to to making stuff, and I don't know this. I, I'm I'm curious if they if Panic felt the same way, and we're like we're gonna save the best for last on this one. Oh, for sure, or yeah. or whatever else. But this, I can almost guarantee that is the this case. to me like vibe. Like a lot of these games, um, and of course there's exceptions to this, but a lot of them kind of like vibe is like, oh, these are little like like wacky experimental sort of things that uses the crank in a silly way or whatever else. Right. And like Ratcheteer is one of the games that is like, oh no, this is like a real like a real game experience, like a game game, actual also game uses the crank in a lot of clever ways too that don't feel super gimmicky mm-hmm. but also it's not centered around the crank entirely yeah i like it yeah it does feel like the most fleshed out game i would say yeah i mean one of this this seems like a game they could have sold for 10 or 20 bucks no problem like, yeah, yeah that for sure it's just kind of included so yeah that that's the conclusion of season one and now i guess we just wait to see what happens with season two right like i don't know if they've made any announcements or anything along those lines? Like, I, I don't know if they've ever confirmed it, but I know they've said we want to do a season two. Um, but who knows how far into that they would be. I think if there's a season two, it's like next year sometime. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So I guess, you know, if you, if you look at the whole, the whole of season two, I would say, or I'm sorry, season one, uh, whitewater wipeout. Okay. Casual Birder mm-hmm. liked it a lot. Cranky's Time Travel Adventure, kind of one note gimmicky thing. Boogie Loops, not my thing. It was you know music creation thing. Lost Your Marbles, too much text. Pick Pack Pup, mm-hmm. love it. Yeah. Flipper Lifter, after you kind of like walk me through it, I I really yeah. liked it a lot. It was a, a, a kind of yeah. elevator management game. Yeah. Uh, Echoic Memory, mm, way too much text. Yeah. Kind of like, mm-hmm. but if you like Lucas Hart style adventure games, like it was right. I, I could see that being really cool uh omaze i don't know a kind of silly minigame thing didn't do too much for me 
yeah. Demon Quest 85, uh, I like the concept more of this time. game way more than I like yeah. the actual game itself in that it's like kind of like a demon yeah, summoning yeah. sort of thing, but a lot of text mm-hmm, on a small mm-hmm. screen. I just, I don't know, didn't really like right. it that much. Hypermeteor, uh, I don't know, kind of mini game-ish, uh, asteroids sort of thing. Like none of these games really, really kind of uh, resonated with me. Zipper by Bennett Foddy. Still don't really understand the the stuff or you know like what you're supposed to really do to play it. Um, so I didn't get yeah. very far in it. Questy Chess loved the idea of doing like roguelike chess game. Executive Golf DX, mm-hmm. <clears throat> phenomenal mini game or f- phenomenal mini golf game. Um, yeah. Saturday edition. Uh, I think that I don't really. That's not very memorable to me. I think it was another lots of text, tons tons <laughs> of text kind of game. Uh, Star Sledge is kind of in the same space as Hypermeteor, which is just kind of like a space kind of mini game sort of thing that I didn't really like. Spell Clerks, it was amazing. Uh, another game that uses the crank in a lot of cool ways. It does does cool stuff. Inventory Heroes, a lot of yeah, fun yeah. too. Um, that was kind of a mm-hmm. progress game sort of thing. Um, Zach Gage's Snake, once we figured out the gimmick, like it a lot. Came um, <laughs> awesome, yeah. And then uh, Sasquatchers, again, if I wasn't playing... Um, uh, Advance Wars, right. like a Miu Mini, I'd probably be like, "Oh, this fucking rules!" But it kind of vibes yeah. like a kind of like like when Mecha Wars came out. It was like, okay, well, this is Advance Wars, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the original one just kind of better, and I don't know. And then yeah, that yeah. gets us to this week. So and then you know, dang, a lot of games. Uh, when you rattle them all off in a row like that, it's like, oh, oh dang, this has a lot of really good games on it. Yeah. So I would say if you had to pick like the best ones, I would say Ratcheteer, um, Pick Pack Pup, Casual Birder, mm, Executive Golf. Those would probably be my top ones with uh, honorable mention to Spell Corked and Inventory Hero. Yeah, I guess. I um I like Kranken's Time Travel more than you. That was one of my favorite games early on. Um, I do agree with you, though. It is a little one note, but it's so wacky and it's one of those games that when you do figure out how to pass a certain part, it's pretty satisfying, but you could be stuck on a certain thing yeah. for like days. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Most the other ones though, too. I'm curious um, to see what they do with the season two though, because like, you know, so if you, if you pre-order this now, you are just getting at some point in 2023. So yeah. it's not like there's a lot of urgency for making new games when like, the people getting this in 2023 are going to start with season one, right? Like, yeah. Well, I think too, that um, one of their big things was like, if we do a season two, we want to do the synced up season. So everyone's unwrapping the same games at the same time. Um, Which I feel like if you're selling the device, you know, there's a point when it's slowed down quite a bit, right? Like the bulk of people that we're going to get it have gotten theirs. And um, yeah, there might be a handful of people that are late to the party, but um for the most part, like you've sold your twenty or thirty thousand that you thought you would, and they're in people's hands. And I think at that point, you can, you know, the fact that this thing connects online is really helpful because you can shoot like a message to somebody, everybody, and be like, "Hey, season two is going to start on this date. Like, yeah, get yeah, ready, go, go We're sign all up play at the same time or whatever." Yeah, you well, can kind of make people aware. It'll be interesting to see how they they handle the pricing of season two too, because remember, like that was kind of the you know quote unquote like value add of season one was that uh you know season it was it was included in the price yeah. of the thing right um 
Well, I, th- I think if we we had we had mentioned before, like if you just sold every one of these games for five bucks, which seems very reasonable, that's over a hundred bucks worth of games that you got with yeah, season one. Seems... So you can't be like a hundred dollars for season two. Like nobody's gonna go for that, right? So yeah, well, it seems impossible to think that. Like, yeah, they would. They would. I mean, it seems like any more than like twenty five bucks. I I, yeah, I don't know what the price point would be to get people not to like balk at it, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe the answer to that is to do a smaller season, like six games and charge like 30 bucks or 25 bucks. Yeah. And then um, it'll be a sh- it'll be a shorter experiment, too, to see if they can get everyone on the same page and if that works out or not. And if it does, maybe you could do like a multi season, like a multi part season or something, too. But yeah, yeah there's suck some, to be like, um, here's tw- we should we should maybe go through some itch.io play date games in the future like there's let's save that for next week because i actually have i sent something to email that was uh i want to talk about it in a little more depth oh, okay cool and uh i don't think i'll have time this week but yeah because there's like yeah. some cool now shit. that we've gone through all the official season games yeah like like, like this game called necro crisis is like a, sh- a play yeah. shooter like which seems i don't yeah. know how they managed to pull that off but um but yeah yeah yeah, we'll talk about that more or less next week because I actually have some thoughts about that. But uh, you're roboting out so hard for me that I'm scared to go any further and I got stuff to do. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll All right. crash this into a, into a tree. And... <laughs> Thanks for listening to our secret play date discussion as always. And uh, of course, as you all know, check us out on patreon.com forward slash tetracade uh, and do your Amazon shopping that Prime Day. We missed priming people for Prime Day to use the Touch Arcade affiliate link. But you go to toucharcade.com forward slash Amazon and do your Amazon shopping that way. Uh, that helps keep us in business. Isn't that cool? Um, so, yeah, with all that, thanks for listening to this week's episode. And we'll be back with another episode of the Touch Arcade show next week. See ya.